Well, thank you, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and we're glad that you are joining us, hopefully again, but welcome if it's your first time, and uh, hope you enjoy some sort of off-the-beaten-track jazz, the things that we're presenting in this program. We usually say at the end, but I'm going to say at the beginning this time, we would love to have your sponsorship. If you are so inclined, you can do it on a monthly basis or uh, just on a one-time basis. Always looking for new members of the family. Our home is on anchor.fm, uh, but you may be listening to us on one of the many podcast uh stations or, or platforms where you get your finer podcasts, Apple Music or Spotify, whatever. Love to hear where you're listening to the Jazz Focus. If you'd like to get a hold of me or contact me, look at my social media page, which is Wolver The Wolverine Jazz Band. So Wolverine Jazz Band is my band name, and you can get us on wolverinejazzband.net, also on uh, uh, excuse me, Facebook and Instagram, The Wolverine Jazz Band. So check us out there and feel free to contact us. So today we're going to be listening to the music of a pretty underrated band leader and uh, contributor to jazz history. His name was Don Redman. And Don Redman was better known uh, a number of years ago, and he was uh, uh, certainly well known in the 1920s and 30s. He was an African-American musician who was born in Piedmont, West Virginia in 1900. And he was, by any accounts, a real prodigy. He was raised by two music teachers and performers. His father and mother were both very active musicians in, in West Virginia, and he got a thorough grounding in all sorts of music. He was playing trumpet, we're told, by the time he was about four or five years old. He had piano lessons. He did a piano recital, I think, as a, as a preteen. Um, and he learned the rudiments and elements of many other instruments. Throughout the 1920s and 30s and 40s, he recorded on alto and soprano saxophone, clarinet, uh, piano, trumpet. He also uh, played some novelty instruments like the goofus and things like that. He was known uh, as a vocalist, too. He was not a great singer, but he was an engaging novelty type of vocalist and wrote a lot of interesting tunes that featured his own voice, but he was probably best known uh, as an arranger. He was called in an article by Frank Driggs, uh, the father of jazz arranging, and uh, that's not too much of an overstatement, although the concept of arranging uh, is a little bit different today than it was back then. Most of the dance bands of the 1920s, whether black or white, probably got most of their repertoire from publisher's stock arrangements. These were published orchestrations you could buy at your local music store or through the mail for very little money, up uh, from 50 cents to maybe $2, uh, depending on the size. You could buy uh, an arrangement of a popular tune for a dance band of 10 or 12 pieces, a theater orchestra of about 16 pieces, a concert band slash marching band of up to about 30 pieces, and uh, they were all essentially the same arrangement. They were put together by good musicians who were... Uh, generally adequate arrangers and sometimes a good deal more than that. By the time the stocks uh, started being issued in the swing era in the mid to late 30s, they became simplified versions of recordings. But that was not true in the 1920s. Often the recordings were based on stock arrangements and not the other way around, as it came to happen later on in the 30s. So Don Redman uh, ended up in New York in the very early 20s, probably about 1920. He was uh, touring with some different bands through Virginia, territory bands, and his talent came to be recognized by some band leaders, including Billy Fowler, who had a, a band in uh, New York playing many of the finer dance establishments for African Americans, and Don Redmond came on to play saxophone and arrange for him. 
It was at this time he uh, was introduced to Fletcher Henderson, who uh, we've done some podcasts on and, and, and passed through many times. He was a piano player from Cuthbert, Georgia, who came to New York to study chemistry, but found that uh, playing music was more lucrative. And uh, he started uh, making recordings for Black Swan, uh, Paramount, Columbia, Vocalion, many recording companies in New York. He was a very well-trained musician as well, and so he could run bands and recording sessions. And he found in Don Redmond a kindred spirit, someone who was raised in similar ways and who also uh, had the same type of uh, musical grounding. So he uh, hired Don Redmond to do many of these recording sessions, playing and arranging. And when Henderson was uh, hired to play a live uh, dance band engagement or show band engagement at the Club Alabama in 1923, Redmond went with him as his lead alto player and music director which meant that he selected a lot of the music and uh, was responsible for kind of the direction of the band. Now, Redmond did not arrange a lot of things, we don't think, uh, from blank paper, shall we say, at the time. He was using these stock arrangements and doing something that was called doctoring, and that meant essentially uh, twisting the the published stocks around to... uh, highlight the members of whatever band uh, that they had at the time. And that meant uh, soloists like Louis Armstrong, Coleman Hawkins, Buster Bailey, Joe Smith, Charlie Green, people like that. So fine jazz soloists. So Redmond started introducing elements of improvisation and opening up solos within these stock arrangements. He also would write new introductions and endings and some backgrounds and and eliminate things that didn't work and uh, add on to things that did. So he was really um, manipulating these stocks to create uh, original sounding arrangements. And uh, that was what he was renowned for in the 1920s. And he had a lot of people who were starting to copy him by the middle 1920s. Redmond stayed with Henderson until about 1928. He contributed some original tunes and arrangements to the repertoire as well. Uh, But he moved on from that point. He was hired to direct a band in Detroit called McKinney's Cotton Pickers. And that was a band that was really entirely Redmond's own. He did quite a lot of original writing for that group. And there were some other fine arrangers like John Nesbitt, there too. So that was a band that became quite interesting, more for its arrangements than its soloists, at least initially. In 1931, he returned to New York full-time, put together his own band, Don Redmond and his orchestra, which was resident at Connie's Inn in Manhattan, and uh, he started featuring more of his own tunes and arrangements, of course. He had some excellent jazz soloists there, and they made... um, a Vitaphone film in 1933. They also did a cartoon, a Betty Boop cartoon, where they had some live action uh, performances by the band, and uh, Redmond played and sang several of his original tunes on that uh, cartoon as well. They also recorded quite a bit for Brunswick uh, between 1931 and 33, and those are really classic recordings in the early big band style that are largely overlooked, but we're not going to listen to those today. We're going to jump ahead a little bit in the Don Redmond story and go to 1936 and 37. Here, uh, he had a band that was a little more conventionally swing-oriented and was recording for the American Record Company, ARC, with records that were issued on a lot of smaller labels, Vocalion and OK, but also Imperial and a Champion and, and labels like that. So they didn't have wide distribution, but they were very good records. None of the men in the band were really 
first-ranked jazz players. A couple were very close to that, and a couple were pretty well known for their associations with other bands. So we're going to hear our first session uh, divided between May 7th of 1936 and September 30th of 1936. On the May 7th uh, date, we have, in the trumpet section, Reynold Jones, Shirley Clay, and Sidney DeParis. And the trumpet solos, I think, are probably done mostly by Shirley Clay, but we may hear some Sidney DeParis as well. In the trombone section, we have Gene Simon and Benny Morton. Benny Morton was probably the most uh, well-known musician even at that time. He had uh, uh, played with Fletcher Henderson and, and several other groups and was shortly to go with uh, the Count Basie band. In the saxophone section, of course, Don Redman playing alto. He was playing, I believe, lead alto and soprano and clarinet and singing as well. And any alto solos or soprano solos are by him. On clarinet and alto, we had have Edward Ng, Ed Ng, who was a, uh, a longtime Don Redman associate. He stayed with him a good chunk of the 30s. He had a very biting clarinet sound, not unlike Edmund Hall's, but maybe even a little bit more driving. So we'll hear him featured on several numbers. Also on the alto sax, we have Rupert Cole, who was from, I believe, Trinidad. Uh, we heard him on a podcast I did of Jazz is Where You Find It in the West Indies. Uh, he led some sessions with Trinidad and uh, Trinidadian and Barbadian music musicians that were quite good. And then he moved into the big band field, playing with Don Redmond a little bit later with Louis Armstrong. Also on alto and baritone sax, we have Harvey Boone, who was a, a good uh, Harlem musician, shows up on a lot of different bands, including Fletcher Henderson's. Robert Carroll plays tenor sax. He was very underrated. He had a kind of an alternate approach to the tenor sax from Coleman Hawkins, um, but he died quite young, so he didn't make the mark that he probably should have, but he'll have some good solos on this uh, session. On piano, we have Don Kirkpatrick, who also played with the Chick Webb Band beforehand, Talcott Reeves on guitar, Bob Seguire on bass. He also played tuba and bass with uh, Fletcher Henderson for a while, but with Armand Perone and several other bands. And Manzi Johnson is on drums and occasional vibraphone. Don Redmond takes uh, the, the novelty vocals, as I said, but uh, the crooning vocals were by a fellow named Harlan Lattimore, and he was known as, quote-unquote, the colored Bing Crosby. He had that sort of smooth voice and delivery. And his singing, like Bing's, uh, weathers or wears rather well over the years. A lot of the pop singers of the 30s uh, were kind of uh, hard to take, uh, maybe even then, but certainly now. Uh, but Harlan Lattimore actually has a very cool kind of sophisticated but off-the-cuff delivery, much like Bing Crosby. So we'll hear a couple of songs by him as well. Then on the second session, uh, the September session, few changes. Sid Catlett plays drums, and Clarence Holiday, father of Billy, plays guitar. And we also have Otis Johnson and Harold Shorty Baker replacing uh, Shirley Clay and Sidney DeParis. I think Harold Baker plays the trumpet solos. This is one of his first big-name orchestra jobs. And Quentin Jackson is added as third trombone. So from that May session, we're going to hear three tunes. We're going to hear a little bit later on featuring Don Redman, then two Harlan Lattimore tunes, Lazy Weather and Moonrise on the Lowlands, then jump to September, and we're going to hear We Don't Know From Nothing and a very flashy, uh, flag-waving version of the Bugle Call Rag. So those are our five tunes for our first set. Don Redman and his orchestra. A little bit later on, Lazy Weather, Moonrise on the Lowlands, We Don't Know From Nothing, and the Bugle Call Rag. Thank you. 
wait and you'll see how lonely you'll be a little bit later on. Just wait till you start missing my hugging and my kissing. Now, baby, better listen. You'll be crying boo-hoo-hoo a little bit later on. You're gonna wake up some dawn and open your eyes to a big surprise, baby. Don't forget it, you'll regret it after I'm gone. So you better think twice, won't be so nice a little bit later on.
lowlands, you hear laughter from each cabin door. When it's moonrise on the lowlands, south folks are happy once more. What a night for relaxation, after cotton picking all the day. Listen to that congregation, singing their cares all away. Up and down the delta, underneath the shelter of a friendly sky. You see Dixie Dandies dancing with the Mandy. They got rhythm and religion and they're feeling high. When it's moonrise on the lowlands, you see heaven lighting up the shore. When it's moonrise on the lowlands, South folks are happy once more. Delightful misery for anyone. Now it might rain or snow or hail, planes might fly and ships might sail. Till the day you say I do, I don't know from nothing.
So there we have Don Redman and his orchestra from 1936. We started out with three tunes from May 7th of 1936. A little bit later on, Lazy Weather and Moonrise on the Lowlands, with those last two featuring vocals by Harlan Lattimore. Um, we did hear some uh, Shirley Clay trumpet on there, and also a short solo by Benny Morton uh, at some point along the way. I think it was Moonrise on the Lowlands. Not too much from the saxes in that case. We heard quite a bit more from the band on the next two tunes, which were from September of 1936. Particularly on that last tune, The Bugle Call Rag, which featured Ed Ng on clarinet, Benny Morton on trombone, uh, Harold Shorty Baker on trumpet, and Don Redman playing an alto sax break, and then there was an alto solo later on, and I think it was by Redman, although it possibly could have been by Rupert Cole. It was a little bit more uh, jazzy than we associate with Redman, but sometimes he could pull off a pretty good solo, as he did later on in his career. And before that, we heard We Don't Know From Nothing, which also had some good uh, Shorty Baker and the uh, rest of the band as well. So, some interesting uh, playing and arrangements here. The arrangements presumably were all by Don Redman, uh, possibly some stocks in there, but some originals as well. Certainly, We Don't Know From Nothing, and I think that Bugle Call Rag was his own arrangement. And it's similar in some ways to the arrangement that... Uh, Count Basie recorded right around the same time as a live version of uh, Basie's band doing Bugle Call Rag from, I think it was the Savoy Ballroom, and it had some of the same types of breaks and things like that, and we know that Basie borrowed arrangements from Fletcher Henderson to uh, get through certain gigs in Pennsylvania and New York when he came east from uh, Kansas City, and he may have gotten that one from Don Redman as well. So we're going to move on now to uh, some more Don Redman. I'm going to play three tunes now, which are a little unusual. I, uh, I, I kind of got a kick out of these. They're small group tunes, but they're all taken from the Don Redman band, I believe. The first one is the jazz standard, swing standard, Christopher Columbus, subtitled A Rhythm Cocktail. And this was a big hit for Fletcher Henderson's band right around the same time. This is from April of 1936, April 3rd. And... Um, this uh, was credited uh, on Champion, which it was released on, as the Con Chaplin Orchestra, but it certainly sounds like the members of the Don Redman Band, and we're going to hear, I believe, Sidney de Paris, actually Shirley Clay on trumpet, uh, Benny Morton definitely on trombone, Ed Ng definitely on clarinet, probably uh, Redman on alto, uh, Bob Carroll will be on tenor, we'll hear some good tenor playing, and then presumably the same rhythm section from our first date that we did. Don Kirkpatrick, Talcott Reeves, Bob Seguire, and Manzie Johnson. That was Christopher Columbus. From the same date, uh, April 3rd of 1936, there was a session that was done and released on DECA that was led by the pianist and singer Bob Howard, and we've heard some Bob Howard sides on different podcasts. Um, this one said, uh, Unknown Orchestra. But uh, it's the same day, April 3rd, 1936, in New York, and it certainly sounds like the same band. Don Redmond plays alto. Uh, Dick Stabile, the white uh, kind of uh, showy alto player, was given credit for this, but it doesn't sound like him. Definitely Don Redmond, definitely Ed Ng, definitely Benny Morton, and probably Shirley Clay and the rhythm section as well. Uh, Bob Howard does not play piano on here. He just sings, and we're going to hear two tunes, uh, the two tunes from that session. Public Weakness Number 1 and Let's Not Fall in Love. So by all uh, evidence... 
a Don Redmond small band uh, recording, backing up Bob Howard. Then we're going to return to the big band for two more tunes in that set. These uh, are from May of 1937, so we jump up a little bit. And uh, the first one features, uh, I won't say an innovation, but a Redmond development called the Swing Choir. When we think of this, we think of the Tommy Dorsey recordings of Marie and uh, East of the Sun, where he had the band chanting in the background. And supposedly he got that idea from a band led by a fellow named Doc Wheeler and his Sunset Orchestra. But Don Redman was kind of a pioneer in, in developing very sophisticated swing choirs. And it was all members of his band singing, but they were singing some very involved counter-melodies and counterpoint to the actual melody. So we're going to hear uh, a particularly interesting version of that technique on um, uh, the Harold Arlen tune Stormy Weather, which was pretty new at the time in 1937. Then we're going to finish up that session with Swingin' with the Fat Man. And these are all, uh, were all done for uh, ARC, I guess, but released on the Variety label. Also, some of them on Vocalion as well. And the band is similar to the one we just heard. Reynolds Jones, Otis Johnson, and Harold Baker on trumpet. Gene Simon, Benny Morton, and Quentin Jackson on trombone. I should mention, Redmond was the first band leader, even before Ellington, to use three trombones back in his 1931 recordings. And he had a trombone choir that uh, really was a, a significant significant part of his orchestra, and it continued uh, as the years went on. In the saxophone section, the same saxophone section actually, Don Redmond with Eddie Ng, Rupert Cole, Harvey Boone, and Robert Carroll, Don Kirkpatrick, this time we have Bob Lessie on guitar, Bob Seguire again on bass, and Sid Catlett again on drums, and the swing choir and Don Redmond sing. So, we're going to hear on this set, as I mentioned, the Don Redmond Small Band, Christopher Columbus, the Don Redmond Small Band with Bob Howard, Public Enemy, Number One, and Let's Not Fall in Love, and then finish up with the Don Redmond Orchestra, Stormy Weather, and Swingin' with the Fat Man. Thank you. 
got me cutting paper dolls and keeping on the run. Why, you're not like those other malls, your public weakness number one. My heart keeps bumping round inside and am I having fun? Say, I've been taking for a ride like public weakness number one. I know you are unattached and you know I'm a free man. As long as you're a public weakness, I'm gonna be a G-man. You're contagious as a cop and dangerous as a gun. But I'm the guy who knock you off just public weakness number one. Scientists all say love is just an urge. Urge or not, it hurts a lot, so let's be different, dear. I've been in love, I'm through with love, cause love has been so unkind. If you'll agree to play with me, we'll leave all our love cares behind. Let's be different, let's not fall in love, we're having too much fun. Did you say you'd rather kiss than play? Okay, let's fall in love. Thank you. 
been in love, I'm through with love, cause love don't mean nothing unkind. Say, if you'll agree to play with me, we'll leave all our love games behind. Weary.
started out with the small group of the Don Redmond Orchestra, uh, recording Christopher Columbus on April 3rd of 1936. That must have been when the arrangement came out. It was issued as a stock arrangement because a whole flurry of recordings were done in February, March, April, and May of 1936. All different bands, Fast Waller, Benny Goodman, and Fletcher Henderson, who had the hit recording of it. It was actually um, Henderson, I think, who premiered it, even though they were not the first to record it. So we featured on that Don Redman on alto sax, Ed Ng on clarinet, um, Robert Carroll on tenor sax, Benny Morton on trombone, and I believe it was uh, Shirley Clay on trumpet. It could have been Sidney de Paris. Kind of hard to tell in there. And then from the same date, I believe, we heard the same band uh, with the rhythm section of Don Kirkpatrick, Talcott Reeves, Bob Seguire, and Manzi Johnson, accompanying the singer Bob Howard and Public Weakness Number 1 and Let's Not Fall in Love. And we had good solos all around, especially some nice tenor work by Bob Carroll, who wasn't being featured with the big band all that much at this point, although we heard him on the next couple of tunes. So from there, we went to the official Don Redmond Big Band from May uh, of 1937, May 28th, for the Variety label, and we heard that uh, very intricate swing choir arrangement of Stormy Weather. As Benny Morton was playing the melody, the rest of the band was chanting along, doing some very involved uh, choral effects, including some uh, gospel imitations and things like that on stormy weather. Then we finished up with what I think was a Don Redman original, Swingin' with the Fat Man, and that featured uh, a good alto solo, I think by Don Redman, although again it could have been Rupert Cole, Ed Ng on clarinet, uh, Harold uh, Shorty Baker on trumpet, and uh, uh, Benny Morton again on trombone. And that rhythm section was Kirkpatrick along with Bob Lessie on guitar, Seguire, and Sid Catlett on drums. So we're going to do another shorter set of the Don Redmond Orchestra recording for the American Recording Company, the family of the American Recording Company, I guess, in 1936 and 7. The next four tunes will be taken from that same date, May 28th of 1937. We're going to hear Sweet Sue, Just You, the uh, the man on the flying trapeze, a real novelty. This was a, a big hit recording, or a big hit tune, I should say, from the middle 1930s. It was a much older tune, but several bands recorded it, uh, and uh, Don Redmond has a lot of fun with with that along with the swing choir too so very entertaining record then we're going to hear another swing choir version of the uh, jimmy McHugh pop standard on the sunny side of the street and we're going to finish up with that naughty waltz not done in waltz time but in a don redmond arrangement bringing out the swing elements of that so those are our four tunes uh, with uh, the Don Redmond Orchestra featuring Reynolds Jones, Otis Johnson, and Harold Shorty Baker on trumpet, Gene Simon, Benny Morton, and Quentin Jackson on trombone, Don Redmond on alto and soprano. I should mention he played a good soprano solo on um, uh, Stormy Weather uh, in the last set, and you will hear him coming up as well on that naughty waltz, I think. Ed Ng on clarinet and alto, Rupert Cole on alto, Harvey Boone on alto and baritone, and Bob Carroll on tenor sax, Don John Kirkpatrick, Bob Lessie, Bob Seguire, and Sid Catlett on drums, along with the swing choir on the whole band. Sweet Sue, The Man on the Flying Trapeze, On the Sunny Side of the Street, and That Naughty Waltz.
worries on the doctor Cause I'm going by bye We'll direct our feet To the side of the street That some things we can't hear That last tune, that naughty waltz, dated from about 1920, um, composed by two composers not known for much else, I guess, Edwin Stanley and Saul Levy. And for whatever reason, that became kind of a, a swing-era hit in 1937. Uh, Chick Webb recorded it. I think, uh, I think Benny Goodman had a recording of it. The Bob Crosby Band did as well. And here was Don Redmond's recording. That featured Redmond on soprano sax, Ed Ng on clarinet, 
And I think Harold Baker on trumpet. And before that, we heard uh, The Sunny Side of the Street, on The Sunny Side of the Street, featuring the Swing Choir and some of the solos as well. Prior to that, the nice novelty version of uh, The Man on the Flying Trapeze, which nevertheless swung pretty hard. Got a lot of call and response, a lot of great section work. We heard that trombone trio again made up of Benny Morton, Quentin Jackson, and uh, Gene Simon. Some, some great playing there. And we started out with a very intricate kind of uh, dissonant arrangement of Sweet Sue, Just You, a tune that had been around for about 10 years at that point. So that was Don Redman and his orchestra recording for the American Recording Company and also Variety and Decca in 1936 and 1937. Hope you enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and uh, we are dedicated to bringing you some of the music that uh, has gotten lost over the years, uh, focusing on some narrow elements of jazz recorded history. So I hope you are interested enough to come back and visit us again, take a look at the rest of the podcast channel. I have a lot of uh, podcasts made specifically for the channel as well as radio shows I've done for WETF in South Bend, Indiana, so uh, take a listen and uh, let me know if you'd like to hear any other programs. So thank you again, and I'll see you on the other side.